Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome everyone to the Blood and Mud podcast. The never-ending podcast series, a little bit like Great British Menu, but about rugby. <laughs> is that? Oh, it just keeps on going. Like. That does. It keeps on uh, going. That show does. I swear that I've never like. I've never seen the whole series of one. Well, of course you, you know? haven't. It's like it's like you never finish a game of Monopoly. Because it's so relentlessly everywhere all the time. <laughs> yeah. Where would you find the time to watch it all? Exactly, exactly. Who well, has got? Who is out there who has the time? My, my of... wife. Anything to not speak to me, I guess. Well, yeah. Same. It was Wales last week. I didn't see the Wales heat. And they were surprisingly good this week. Normally Wales are fucking terrible in Great British Men. Normally Wales are appallingly bad, usually. <laughs> They're like the sevens team of the Great... The Wales sevens <laughs> of the Great British menu offering. And I swear to God, some years, I think there was a woman on one year, I thought, you're not even a chef. I think you're an out-of-work actor that they've just convinced <laughs> to come and do this because their offerings were so bad. Yeah. And this is this is the problem with these people is that they they masquerade as being professional chefs. <laughs> and it's like, have you ever been in a kitchen before? Some of, these, some of these people seem baffled by the concept of making food on time for others. It's like, that's pretty fucking basic, surely. Even a McDonald's person knows how to do that. They've actually dropped a presenter into the kitchen now to work with them because I don't know if you remember in the early series, they just used to leave the chefs to banter. Yes. And it was the most... They've obviously just got... Just just spend 30 seconds talking about stuff now, you lot, okay? (laughs) Cut. What is wrong with you? Yeah, and then they're just like, oh, God, no, this is why you're you're back in the kitchen, aren't you? This is why you're not front of house because you are... Genuinely dreadful at the patter. I like professional master chef for that reason. They all look like ghouls, don't they? Because they just live in the dark. Yeah. They don't see sunlight, do they? Absolutely not. They finish work at three o'clock in the morning and then sleep until half two or something. We had none of this last week, Josh, when Robbie was here. It no? was straight into the you know proper chat. Uh-huh. I didn't help, but I called him Josh when I opened the show, <laughs> which because I'm so hardwired to have a new I mean, there. Quite a lot of people, you know, have 
attributed things that Robbie said last week to me over the course of the week. So, you know. I can't believe that's a testament to how little people listen or how much you've lost your accent. (laughs) I used to be both, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's good, though, because it's made me seem much more knowledgeable than I am for at least a week. And now we can restore normal service, you know. Yeah, I remember there was one week when Josh was spectacularly analytical in his it's views incre- of rugby. It's incredibly insightful about <laughs> stuff. And then the week after, he went back to moaning like fuck he was. But yeah, was... <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome back. Hi. Yes. I'm Lee. Good, good Hello. to be back. Over there is. I'm Josh. Still. Now you're obviously. back from. Now I'm. Well, you need to explain yourself, Josh, because. Obviously, we follow each other on Instagram, or at least I follow mm-hmm. you. I don't know if you follow mm-hmm. me, but uh, and you seem to have. Um, well, I don't know. Has your opinion of Cornwall changed? I mean, this is a very nice place. Like, it's a pain in the ass to get to, but it's very beautiful. You know, I've got to give it to you. When the sun's out and you're wandering down the, you know, Cornwall coastal path down to flipping Bedruth and Steps or something like that, you can't help but go bloody hell. It's a. It's not a bad looking place. Ball ache to get to. Absolute ball ache. <laughs> it keeps coming back to that, doesn't it? So now you've seen it, do you want to go yeah. back? Oh, yeah, I go back. It's just only, it's, from here, it's only three hours. You're only in which, Bristol, aren't you, I suppose? Yeah. yeah. But still, still three hours. Yeah. Like, you know, in America, that's, you know, a short commute. But in Britain, that's fucking ages. So, fellow on Great British Menu, he's got a, the Welsh fella, he's, he's, he's got a restaurant in Aberystwyth. And somebody said to me, do you want to go there? And he was like, <laughs> no. No, it's like two and a half fucking hours away from where I, I genuinely live. Rather, genuinely rather go to Cornwall. That's much easier to get to. <laughs> like, M- M5, A39, you, you do a carriageway almost all the way now. Whereas you try to go to Aberystwyth, I mean, fucking hell. You're going to need some sort of off-road vehicle, surely. I think people think that Wales is the same size as Rutland. <laughs> Well, news for you, no, it isn't, and the roads are all terrible. <laughs> I was going to say, Rutland has much better transport links between north and south than Wales does. <laughs> yes, it does, yes. Yeah, I've done the North Wales and South Wales one. I've done, I think, five separate routes, and they all take four and a half hours. Yeah, it's it's genuinely a national disgrace. It takes the same amount of time to drive between Flint and Cardiff going directly in a straight, as much of a straight line as you can through the middle of Wales as it does going to Birmingham and then down the M5 and the M4. It takes yeah. the same amount of time. There are some mad shit, there is some mad shit like that in England as well though. Like if you want to go to like Northampton from Bristol say. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to go through Bicester or that Yeah, it's, you, it's, you know, Common sense says you go down the M4 and you go up through Oxford, Bicester, all that. But so tedious and annoying is that bit between the M4 and Hampton that is Oxford, Bicester and all that, that it's actually no dramatically longer but slightly quicker to go via Birmingham and then down the M1. Oh, I hate that. We've got to overshoot and come back. My brain yeah, can't, when you can't basically, deal with it. Yeah, no, no, I can't process it. But it, it, it When you have it's to drive quicker. north to go south, I'm not having it. Yeah, nope. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're back, Josh. It was so boring yeah. last week going straight to rugby. Just talking about rugby, honestly. Robbie, you need to watch a lot more Great British Menu in a lot less rugby. You do, and, and drive then, more. Drive more yeah. places. <laughs> I'm going to, I've booked to go to Harrogate in June. Oh, Hello. Which nice. I'm upset about because it's in Yorkshire, obviously. Nah, so I've got to go. Yeah, you, you know, I have to stock up. That's on a problem, isn't it? Pig's teeth and shells to pay for things when I'm over there and stuff. <laughs> but uh, but I've not been to Harrogate before, and I've, and again, I've already started on which route I'm going to go. This is the kind of life I lead now. It has been. Oh, I could go fifty nine Skipton Road, or I could go through Leeds. Or... Again, though, you know, once you get into that, once you get beyond the sort of you know above Manchester territory. You know, all bets are off roadwise. I could go through Burnley. I could go that way. It's always a treat, isn't it? <laughs> uh, anyway, so welcome yes. along. If you can, if you want to get in touch and tell me the best way to get to Harrogate from Flintshire in North we'll East get, Wales, then please we'll get do. so much mail on this. So much mail now. So much. And the patrons are the kind of people who are all over this shit. It'll be straight in there. The um, 
you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud or lateatbloodandmud.com or the aforementioned Patreon messaging service. And how? where do people find you, Josh, apart from in Cornwall? Yeah, uh, at Josh Gardner, uh, at rocked underscore mag, uh, and rugbyshitwatch.com. Uh, we are on Acast, we're on Apple, we're on patreon.com. Oh, yeah, we are. Blood and Mud, and we've got VIPs, which I've forgotten to write the names down of, so we're going to have to do it next week. I do apologise. <laughs> we didn't do it last week either because Josh wasn't here, but we will do it next week. I promise yeah, you, we I will. promise you we will. And we don't. We like to store it up, so we've got about 12 to really annoy everyone. Yeah, so it takes up basically sort of 20, 30 minutes of the podcast. You know, that's what you guys want, right? Yeah. I basically deliberately didn't do it last week because I even said to Robbie, I said, I'm going to wait till Josh is back because I know he doesn't like doing them. So I just fancy torturing you. So. <laughs> it's fine, yeah. You know, um, I, I, I'll just trot out the same sort of three or four jokes that I've got on a loop with a, ever so slight variance. So you know this by now, but it's patreon.com slash blood and mud where you can get a £2 membership or 20 quid a year. Damn right, you okay. get extra episodes and ad-free episodes and unedited episodes. Mm. So, for example, we'll be talking about the Lions squad today and trying to pick a Test 23. That'll be for our lovely patrons. Indeed. Sorry and all that. Um, and then five quid or 50 quid a year and you get your name read out when we remember to do it, obviously. But we do Indeed. remember it most weeks. And you get access to the new private super secret Facebook group which had some pretty hot photographs in there over the weekend, let me Oof, tell you. Hello. You want to see me in, in, in quite a state, you can, uh, you can have a look in that. I liked your socks. That's I know, I yeah. Say. See, of all the things I thought people would pick up on, I didn't think that would be it. But I, make, I have a very deliberate policy of buying socks with very obvious colours on the bottom and the toes. It's Otherwise, you're staring you at a fucking black hole of, of nebulousness when you're trying to do the matching when they come out of the washing machine. I'll tell you what. The socks that I'm wearing right now, like my mother, God love her, my mother got me these a couple of Christmases ago, mm-hmm. and they are plain black Ooh, yeah. with a little differently coloured diamond on each pair on the ankle. And the diamond is, okay, you can probably see it, it's that. Oh, Lordy, you got no chance. Not a, fucking, not a fucking Scooby-Doo. What? Sock is which when you're trying to sort that. No, Absolute minefield. And you can't pair black socks. What you end up having to do is like a blind man feeling the thickness of the elasticated <laughs> top. Yeah, to exactly. Check the, the actually ba- yeah. matching the right pair. And they always wash slightly different faded black. Mm. So you can't so actually this, get a matching pair. So no, I'm, it's no. an absolute car crash. Just make them different colours. So I mean, I've, I've, some young listeners out there. They're not all old like us. These no. are the fucking pearls we're giving you there. Absolutely. Invest in either, I, you know, people will tell you just buy, you know, 10 pairs of the identical socks. They're wrong because they won't wear the same and things will feel weird <laughs> and you won't like it. Because you'll have, you'll have one that's worn a little bit too much on one foot and the other one where the elastic's gone around the and you just, yep. it's, Yeah. And one where you've got the ball of the feet, the ball of the foot's going threadbare and the other one isn't. <sighs> All of that. It's all yeah. good. Loud socks are the way forward. But mine are black from the ankle up. They look mm. perfectly normal. Inside the shoe, there's all there's a bonanza oh, of excitement so a... going on. <laughs> See, you don't. Nobody else knows, but you deep down, yeah. you know, revealing your true personality inside your shoes. That's the way. <laughs> That's the British way. It is. Uh, yeah, so you can join in that way. Patreon.com slash blood and what I've got no idea what we were talking about. We were talking uh, no, Oh yeah, because of the f- picture. So yeah, so that was the thing. Oh, yeah. people, I didn't think people would focus on the socks. They did. They did. They went right in there. Loved it. So we begin as we always begin. Well, I think we better add here. With a player spotted. Of course. Sophia Mirza gets in touch. Is it Mirza or Mirza? I'm sure she'll tell me. Sophia will. I'm sure she will. She gets I think it'll be Mirza, but you know. I think it'll be Mirza as well. So I'm sure yeah. she'll, but you know, sorry, Sophia, if, if they're all wrong. <laughs> I mean, they've. You were probably already <laughs> fuming about all this sock chat, so the fact that I've just yeah. done this is even worse. Um, yeah, she gets in touch on the DMs. On, on the DMs. Mm-hmm. She says, coming back from York on the train this evening and arriving at Newcastle Station with my fiance, fellow friend of the pod, Ian McGill. We know this, Sophia. We know you and Ian are getting married. At a time when you can have your proper wedding day. We've lived your disappointments if you moved wedding we were days. We're gutted about it. We know it this awful. stuff. You don't need to tell us you are like our friends, you people. Um, he says, she says, anyway, we spotted the entire London Irish squad, including coaches waiting on the platform at Newcastle. 
Almost to a man, they were eating Subway, not <laughs> Papa John's. Controversial. Oh. I know it's these pro, pro... Is it the whole Pro 14 that's Papa John's, or is it just clubs in Wales? Uh, it's There are various... It's all of Rugby League is Papa John's. All of Rugby it? League, yes. Yes, and then Papa John's is definitely involved in some way in Welsh Rugby, but then so is Just Eat and Uber Eats. I mean, we basically love a takeaway, is what... I'm Uber saying. Eats have started delivering here, but they only do McDonald's and Subway. <laughs> See, here they only do McDonald's, Subway, Asda for some reason. Asda? As in yeah. the shopping, or you can get something from their you cafe? Can, you know, from the shop you can get like emergency groceries delivered in, you know, half an hour or whatever. I've never used it. Have you um, seen the film Magnolia? Yes. You know that bit where Philip Seymour Hoffman rings up and gets some groceries delivered because he has to get adult magazines to find Frank T.J. Mackey's number? Yes. So he kind of says, have you got kind of some Coca-Cola? And then he goes, have you got Penthouse? But I remember being absolutely bowled away that that was obviously in the 90s in America. That you, <laughs> you could, could phone, phone somebody, somebody to bring you groceries. And the, the grocery boy from the store around the corner would just drop them off. Yeah, what a concept. I was blown away when they brought in Diner Drink when I was at uni, like somebody in a, in a, in a van, in a, in a transit, will come round and give you a slab of Cronenberger four o'clock in the morning. I mean, don't get me wrong, that is still a high watermark for customer service. <laughs> yeah. But how much, is, how much is the 24 cans of Cronenberg? It's 38 quid or something. You're like, <laughs> yeah, but it's four in a while and I'm drunk. And they turn up, it's, it turns up it's flat. No, not flat, yeah. warm. Yeah. You drink two inches of one can and then fall asleep. <laughs> and then fall asleep. <laughs> And you've got a 50 quid thing of Cronenberg <laughs> sat and you're just ugh, miserable. Anyway, they were all eating Subway mm. on the station. At it's a healthy choice, apparently. We're st- we still recognise a certain Irish standoff. Mm. He says, the highlight, though, was one player almost getting on the north and- northeastern train to Edinburgh Waverley before being pulled back by one of his coaches. <laughs> Who would that That's be? A- who would be the thick lad in the London Irish squad who doesn't even know which way is south? Blair Cowan. Blair <laughs> Augustine Creevy. Too lazy yeah. to even read where things are going. Blair Cowan just wants to go home. Yes, But he nobody does. wants him. Just <laughs> to go and sit in Gregor Townsend's front garden. <laughs> Please, Gregor, just give me one more chance. Like John Cusack can say anything. <laughs> ghetto blaster over his head. Uh. Exactly that, yeah. So there you go, players spotted. Mm, a whole squad spotted. Was it, was, it, was it a certain friend of ours called Sex Pest Paddy and his merry band of cunts? <laughs> Which is not very fair, because actually they're not, they're not all a them, bad bunch. Most of Irish. them are all right, <laughs> yes, but they are, they are undeniably tarnished by association. And, and by Irish family in London support London Irish, as you can imagine, you know, so. Yeah, such a shame. Such a shame. <laughs> they brought it on themselves. They have. They've got nobody but themselves to blame. So that was player spotted. If you fancy spotting somebody from a train or elsewhere, then you can get in touch on the DMs or the Patreon messaging service and so on and so forth. Speaking of getting in touch, Josh, mm. correspondence again. Hello. You were off last week in Cornwall, but yeah. I did share with you what I did share for correspondence last week, which was our friend Hunt, Hunter Sewell, our man in Alabama. Yes. Getting in touch about Mr. Biscuits, the Montgomery Biscuits mascot who threw a who injured a child with a hot dog after the just a relief pitcher overthrew his catcher and smashed his windscreen. Just a huge fan of that whole anecdote. <laughs> it's probably my favourite anecdote that I've ever heard. <laughs> anyway, Hunter gets in touches again because he still lives in Alabama. Ooh. And he's I think he's a bit he's he's what did he say to me? He said he's he's one of the wokest people in Alabama at Auburn University or something. Anyway, he says um he says, terrible news. It seems as though Mr. Biscuit has been replaced by an anteater named oh, awesome. Big Mo. I mean, now, the, I think the Montgomery Biscuits are um, momentarily um, rebranding, as a lot of the minor league baseball teams are. They basically rebrand themselves for a month in a oh, way as a sort of Latin American outreach Thing. Oh, that's just, this is the merch you were sharing the other week. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, yeah, the uh, Copa de la Diversion, as they call it. So, right. uh, yeah, I'll have a look who they are, uh, whether the biscuits are part of it. Because maybe that anteater, I mean, the anteater strikes me 
as is it a South American animal, the anteater? I mean, I feel like he's from that neck of the woods. You know, <laughs> something about him just says he's from that neck of the woods. <laughs> Let's find out, biscuits. Come on, biscuits. No, oh, I can't find the biscuits. That's a shame. But you know, hot Montgomery biscuits action is uh, glorious. But he's um, yeah, like the the hickory crawdads have become the llamas to hickory, for example. They've got right. a very fun- they've got a very funky llama. Uh, yeah, I can't see anything. I mean, there's some brilliant fucking, honestly, just minor league baseball does everything so well. Like the Cocos, the uh, the Rochester Co- uh, Red Wings have become the Rochester Coco Locos, which is quite literally crazy coconut. <laughs> it's a short meeting, wasn't it? <laughs> yep, next. <laughs> Pub? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, he does say, Hunter, though, is that Mr. Biscuit might be free for the All-Star weekend now. Oh, if, he needs, if he needs gainful employment in his little van, we'll fix his windscreen <laughs> for him, won't we, for such a prestigious uh, event. Indeed, absolutely we will. But, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, the the, uh, the Montgomery Biscuits have become the uh, Matamoscos de Medicea, I think, which I think... I mean, your accent means, is flawless, it must be said. It's, it's really not good, <laughs> and I'll be the first to say that. Um, which, no, that can't be right. No. They can't We've got no idea what's going on there. No, I did. No, but, you know, ultimately, if Mr. Biscuit is gone, we're very sad. It's a low ebb. I'm just trying to find out our anteaters old world or new world animals. <laughs> that's, that's what we need to know. And has there yeah. ever, ever been an anteater war animal? Oh, I imagine. Uh, let's see. Where are they found? Where are they found? Give it to me. <laughs> North America. Yeah. Um, see, have it, it's tropical rainforests, grasslands and savannas. Uh, aha, silky anteaters. Extend their ranges as far north as southeastern Mexico, while giant anteaters can be found as far north as Central America. So, new world animals. Yes, possibly. It's possibly a a copper-related temporary rebrand. If it, if the has gone though, it's a low ebb for sport. I think we can all agree. Not as low an ebb as. Do you see that Gwyneth Paltrow said that she got to such a low ebb during quarantine that she ate bread? She wants to see how low my fucking ebb is <laughs> when, I'm go- when I'm going eight ripples in one night. Exactly. She drank as many as two cocktails a night, quinoa-based whiskey cocktails, of course. Can you imagine? And, two, as many as two cocktails and a some, night. And sometimes, and sometimes even ate bread and pasta. I mean, she's an awful bastard, isn't she? <laughs> I mean, there's so many things about her that just make you think, yeah, Chris Martin's probably well away from that, if I'm honest. Well, well, he, she's probably well away from him. Well, exactly. But, you know, that's the thing. It's like, imagine being the the more being in a relationship with Chris Martin and somehow you're the more annoying one. Imagine what those two with those two voices talking about the things that they talk about. Imagine that as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we, I'm sure we there, struggle for an audience <laughs> I'm sure there is a goop podcast I'm sure it is absolutely unlistenable I mean she's basically she's she's a racketeer that woman it's unbelievable <laughs> stop trying to sell people weird egg things that women the are supposed gold, to put up there yeah. yeah stop it just stop it I mean at least you know I don't know no, I'm not going to get into that, but I still find that better than a fucking candle that cures depression <laughs> for 87 quid. Yeah. St- Imagine stop. being sat there depressed as fuck, 87 quid lighter. Stop quack snake oiling vulnerable What's people that? with your nonsense. Hate to see it. So anyway, anyway there we are. Hmm. Anteaters, New World Animals, that's where that started from. You know, the other thing about New World Animals, do you know only New World monkeys have those tails that grip onto things? Oh, really? Yeah, Old World monkeys don't have that. Yeah. So all your African monkeys and your lemurs and that. Yeah, no grippy lemurs tails. Lemurs aren't monkeys, of course. But no. no. Let's not go there, Jesus. No. <laughs> <laughs> lemurs are marsupials, right? 
No, 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 no. Well, they're not in any kind of ape at all. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're a pri- they're an ape. Yeah, primates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they that's what a monkey looked like when it evolves alone on Madagascar. Of course, yeah. Wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> in science, marvellous, eh? It's fucking mad shit. It turns monkeys into lemurs when they're left on their own. Yeah. It gives you monkeys bis- that have got like hands on their tails if you leave them yeah. on their own. It turns biscuits into anteaters. And it creates fucking candles that cure depression. <laughs> science, man. What a world. What a world we live uh, in. Anyway, should we do some news? Yeah. I mean, I think that was probably new to a lot of people. To be was. fair, quite a bit of that. They didn't want to hear Not it. Really, it I was going to say, they, they didn't want to hear it, but they got it anyway. Yeah. Um, do some yes. news, Josh. Come on. First news. Um, summer tours are now summer stays for um, three of the four home nations anyway. England are playing Canada and the USA at Twickenham. Wales are playing Argentina and Canada in Cardiff. Ireland are playing Japan and the USA in Dublin. And, you know, look, it's nice to be able... I'll be able to watch Wales lose at a convenient time of day instead of waking up to find out that they've embarrassed themselves like I usually have to in a Lions Year summer tour, you know? And try and go back to sleep fuming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, what's that? They've, they've lost to Japan for the first time ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh what? They've lost to Argentina in last... But, oh, well, you know, I was asleep, whatever. Um, Scotland are at least touring somewhere, although... Uh, Georgia and I think they're going, is it Georgia or Russia or Georgia and Romania because I've seen both reported. I think they're definitely going to Georgia. I think they might also be going to Russia. But there's no COVID also in Russia, Romania. of course, is there? Because the government said so or something. So. Uh, oh, and there's an A fixture as well. Scotland, Scotland A are playing the Saxons at Welford Road. I think it's the first time the Saxons have played till twenty since twenty sixteen, and what a time England for them Saxons. to play! Yeah. With so you know, ten of England well, squad I mean, are already we went retro, didn't we? When there was no rugby on, maybe that's what they decided to do. <laughs> but think about it: ten of England squads are off with the Lions anyway. Like, then you have the England squad proper. Imagine the fucking barrel scrapey levels that that Saxons team is bench is going to have to get to. You know, Sam Simmons would have probably got a call up, but <laughs> he not otherwise be Lions for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, indeed. God, yeah, the England Saxons with all of the like fourth choice players. Yeah, it's gonna you know the England Saxons squad is gonna be Jacob Umaga starting at ten, isn't it? It's gonna have to be. There's Alex, nobody else. Alex Good might get a game. Fucking hell, Danny Cipriani. Why not? <laughs> Twelve trees, Good Cipriani. <laughs> all the future, look into the future. Yeah, God, it's gonna. I mean, I I, I might watch that game just to see. So I can say I remember that time that a player that's never got within a hundred yards of an international call-up otherwise came off the bench for England Saxons. It's going to have some lovely entries into the Yorso Club Fifteen, sort of. Yeah, I'm going to Yorso Club Fifteen this week. Keep me powder dry on that one, but we'll have we'll have we'll have some more coming up in the next few weeks. But like, this, this is going to be a lovely little sort of extra bit of filigree to some Yorso Club players. Oh you yeah, know, it's like. And also played once for England Saxons in 2021 against Scotland for some the reason. The last game the Saxons ever played. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of summer tours, actually, uh, France and Australia, of course, are going to be testing the limits of the human body by playing three tests in 10 days for some reason. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> the fact World Rugby has allowed this to go on is just another dagger to the fucking heart of player welfare let's be honest but um yeah so i guess because of the quarantine that the french team have to do and because the top 14 doesn't finish for 700 years by the time and then the top 14 of course starts immediately so the only way that they could play three tests is to play three of them in 10 days and which the first is three rounds will be played in quarantine at the top 14 when they get back probably yeah indeed and uh yeah, rather than just go, oh, should we play two tests instead, lads? You know, sensible. No, no. We'll, but we'll be we're playing skint. three. Yeah, we're all skint, and we'll be playing three. Thank you very much. Um, and the oh, and the box are warming up for the Lions with a two-test series against Georgia, um, which I suppose will allow them to shake out the rust. Um, they wanted to play Canada and America as well, but funnily enough, Canada and America not mad keen on going to South Africa. <laughs> 
So let me get this straight, right? You want us to come there, get beaten by about 80 points, mostly get folded in two, and probably get some horrible variants that means we can't go yeah. home again. Yeah. No yeah. thanks. It's, no, thank you very much. Whereas Georgia is so utterly desperate for recognition that they've gone, well, we get to go and do a tour. Brilliant. I get a feeling that COVID doesn't affect Georgians. I mean, yeah. It's hard. You can't. How is COVID going to get through those beards? Yeah, there's no way COVID. No. They basically act as a natural mask. COVID takes one look and kind of turns right. Yeah. Such is the denseness of the hair. It's like a sort of a, a, it's an N95, yeah. but just growing out of their face. That, Let's go to Kyrgyzstan. We'll infect them instead. Looks like an easier <laughs> job. Yeah, yeah. So that's the uh, the the summer. Inverted commas tours. Um, it's nice to have games being scheduled again, though. It isn't is it? actually. Albeit, I mean, know, to be honest, the summer tours are always a bit weird in a Lions year, anyway. So. Absolutely, but this is a summer tours where people might actually be able to go. And to be honest with you, in normal terms, <laughs> they probably only get about ten percent full stadiums for these fixtures, anyway. So you know, why not allow ten thousand people at the Millennium Stadium or at Twickenham to watch this? Yeah, oh, mad concept. People at sporting events again, man. From like in a couple of weeks' time. A guy I work up. with was he's an Everton season ticket holder and he's won the draw to go and watch a game next week. Oh, I think they're letting they're letting seven thousand in or something. Wow. He's made up as you would be after bloody Absolutely. Being like I genuinely can't wait to go to see proper sport again. I'm thinking of going of to one of the games in the autumn. I'm not sure I think I'll, Yeah, I think I'm definitely that's by that point I think I'm gonna be a vaccinated and B comfortable enough with the situation that I'll. But um, I think the trouble is because there's been no tickets for Six Nations. I think they're doing the tickets to the clubs, aren't they? Normally the autumn's an open sale job, isn't it? But uh, yeah, the autumn they do. They've already. They're basically saying that they're releasing them as many as they can through the clubs up to a certain threshold. And that seems and then, enough, doesn't it? And then they're doing general sale, which you know, yeah, clubs have been absolutely. Bojangled by. Although, of course, Sage is predicting a another wave in, you know, July to October. So. Oh, brilliant! Cool. But to be Not honest, if we're all vaccinated by then, then we'll all. Some of us. I don't mean to be horrible, but the whole point is, is that it doesn't kill people, when, and nobody needs critical care when you've been vaccinated, isn't it? And there's going to be. A yeah, they're, they're in like. Yeah, I sort of. That's kind of my. You know, not to sort of get too serious for a minute, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, that's my kind of thing. Is that you know, does it really matter if there's another wave if? Everybody who isn't getting nobody's getting seriously ill from it. I guess this variants of concern and all this sort of shit. But I can tell you from the job that I do, which is not this. You know, hospitals get dangerously full about three times a winter. But yeah. obviously, it's not the kind of full where everyone could be dying without oxygen in the car park. Yeah. But uh, so, you so can't, if we can avoid anyway, that, we could. You know, and if, then, yeah. if we just have a normal winter, which is normally pretty busy and awful, um, <laughs> I suppose you can get back to doing something relatively normal. I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was a diversion. Yes. Go down, uh, speaking of, no, there's no way I can segue that. Um, <laughs> Glenn Delaney's left the Scarlets for some reason with immediate effect. I think the reason is, is that it was always going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it is, but he was supposed to be getting promoted upstairs. To director of rugby with Dwayne Peel coming in, um, but now he's just decided, "Oh fuck it, I'm not. I can't even be bothered to finish the Rainbow Cup, lads. I am out of here." Um, which is a bit odd, but it does mean that we get to hear a lot more from uh, Scarlet's backs coach, Di Flanagan, uh, and Flanagan, I should say, uh, second tier Yorso club contender. By the way, Di second Flanagan. tier. Well, yeah, 143 appearances for Ponty. In two stints oh, between two th- between two thousand and three and two thousand and fourteen, but the best part is here, sandwiched in between two stints, once at Cardiff, where he played about eight times over the course of two years, and then another stint at the Ospreys, where he literally only played in the Anglo Welsh Cup, um, about five times, and then he went back to Ponty, and then he had a very brief bit at Newport at the end of his career, um, which is just. I mean that's that is a, that's like an inception next level down. <laughs> it's, inc- isn't it? it's incredible, isn't it? I mean he's and then he went and worked for the like. Not only has he been at the SWAT, you know, he's been at the Ospreys, he's been at Cardiff, he's been at Ponty, he's been at Newport, and now he's coaching at the Scarlets. 
Like, you know, if if he'd been to Bridgend, you know, he'd have absolutely done everything. And not quite good enough for any of them. <laughs> That's gorgeous. But yeah, Dai will be uh, he's attack coach uh, under Delaney, uh, and he's been promoted to acting head coach until uh, such a time as the Rainbow Cup is put out of its misery, whenever that is. The number of it's a kind of particular mainstream journalism thing that when people get flirted like this, they the number of them that come out and there's nothing wrong with it, I suppose. But I find it weird. The number of them that come out and go, "Really sorry to see him go. He was always, you know, really polite and." All right, in press conferences, you're like, is that really the best you could say about him for a start? It's a bit damning with fake praise, but it's like you know, absolutely not like, an arsehole. Oh, how we will miss you, sort of thing. It's yeah. a strange one, isn't it? It shows how low the bar is. You know, he wasn't act a total prick at all times. He always answered the questions that I asked him. You know, <laughs> it's... yeah, it's a weird one, that isn't it. I mean, the I, is that one of the nature. worst reigns of a coach going, Delaney? It's I mean, he one, certainly he inherited, you know, a team that were... Functional. Functional, if nothing else. Definitely yeah, a functional were, attacking game. He put pay to that fairly sharpest, didn't he? He certainly did. Yeah, the Scarlets have undeniably gone backwards quite heavily this Literally season. Literally and figuratively. Brad, yeah, <laughs> since Bradmore left. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's... In many ways, who's shocked? Like, the succession planning was Wayne Pivak, and then when Wayne Pivak left, you know, Stephen Jones is going to take over, but then Stephen Jones went with Wayne Pivak, and then he went, well, we'll give Brad Moore a go, and then he gets snapped up by the All Blacks, and then, you know, (laughs) they're three years out from their succession planning and they're already on their sort of fourth choice guy. True. And it's like, yeah, well we've got we've got Glenn, I guess. I've become um I've become obsessed with Wayne Pivak's hair. Right. You know why? Yeah. Because remember the the Vic, the victorious Six Nations night? Yes. When they cut to his house for the interview. <laughs> Absolutely. And your tweet said, look at the fucking state of Pivak's <laughs> curtains. And yeah. I thought it was the 90s hair cut curtains that people were referring to. So the first I thing I did is I opened it up and looked at his hair and went, well, they're not that bad curtains, are you? And then, of course, my eye, like, focused. I went, oh, those fucking curtains. Right, I'm with you. 1987 show home curtains. Right. But because I'd looked at his hair, I then couldn't stop looking at his hair. And they are slight curtain. His hair is in a slight curtain. But it's his not ha- long enough. And he's, it's like it's almost he's like he's raging against the. Do- he, I tell you what he needs. He needs to go to Xavier Rush's <laughs> hair, hair weave, hair, weave, hair plug, job. hair weave clinic, because you know Wayne's obviously a man that wants to sort of hang, you know, to rage against the dying of the light a little bit. There, you know, it's it, there's a lot of product going into the front of that hair to try and make it seem there for want of a better word. and I mean, he wouldn't have had a haircut for a while, would he? That's the other thing. It's very true. Was done. But it is like it is. It is like he's constantly trying to grow out, grow it into, grow out a kind of short haircut into some like a part Into a sort of, yeah, he's sort of trying to have it like sort of slightly thing, you know, parted to the side a bit. And I, I'm, I'm here to tell him, I, I just think he needs to knock that on the head. Just... You know, it's it's going, Wayne. Either go to the go to the clinic, drop ten grand and get yourself a, a weave, or just 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 shave it. You know, not everyone can be Warren Gatland and have a freakishly brush like head of hair, thick white head of hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That just just that just endures through everything. I tell you, I can. I've got yeah. Gatland esque hair. You have, yeah. You will, you will still be in that, you know. No matter how sort of thin it gets, no matter how kind of short you have it, it will still have that sort of regimented. Yes, it's a natural crew cut. <laughs> it's exactly that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. What were we talking about? The scar. Uh, Glen Glendalini. Yeah. Is gone. Nothing gone. else to say on that. Done. Is there? Yeah. Um, the Ospreys have finally signed Michael Collins. 
which is a transfer saga that now genuinely has gone on so long. I feel like it start we started getting linked with him when he left the Scarlets in 2017. But yeah, good player. He's played well for the Highlanders this year. Welsh good qualified, signing. right? Welsh qualified. Good signing. He's only still only 28. You know, it's oh well. Taking the Hadley Park, Parks model. Parksian, he's got, indeed. He's got, he's got, what, four years of international rugby ahead of I mean, him? I think he doesn't even need to qualify on residency. He'll just slot oh, straight in there. He can just slot yeah. straight in. He can yeah. be, He can break a good few bones and then yeah. go to Japan. <laughs> just, Perfect. Indeed. Uh, um, Elliot Stuke uh, assigned for Wasps. From Bath. We didn't see that one coming, did we? Yeah, it's surprising because I've look, I looked earlier and Bath have got three senior locks left now. Josh McNally, Charlie Ewells and Will Spencer, which would imply that they either rate their academy lads very highly indeed or... Or Stuart Hooper some, put his boots back on. Some, yeah, indeed, some business needs to be done somewhere there because Bath haven't signed anyone this season. Which is not like them at all. Can you imagine the frothing bath wank there would be if if Hooper decided he had to like you know come back in for a game, oh, to save the club. Uh, I'm sure that Bruce Craig is going to you know drop silly money on somebody from you know a Springbok or a you yeah. know or an All Black or a Wallaby. That's his vibe. Where's Lavadini going? Uh, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he's got. I think he's signed somewhere else, hasn't he already? Probably he's going, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I think he's... Is he going to France? Yeah, guaranteed. I mean, yeah, they mainly do, don't they? Um, yeah, where's he going? Claremont, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just sit back and think about the the pure red card potential. It's been very underwhelming at last. He was injured for a while, wasn't he, at Leicester? But he's uh, he's, he's been... Yeah, I, I I was more excited than what happened. Then again, that's true of everything about Leicester, isn't it, these days? <laughs> Indeed. But just think about it. They're going to have Vahamina and Lavanini packing down together. I mean, just, just what a... Imagine them two playing chinnies on the club induction night out. <laughs> You'll be able to hear it from a mile away. Um, but yes, I assume Bath are going to sign somebody. But um, for Wasps, fills the the Will Rowlands void, I guess, quite nicely. Who is he's off to the, the drags? Dragons, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And Jamie Phillips skins. mentioned they're going back into private ownership next year. Oh yeah, that's they're good. themselves in WRU. I mean, it's helpful, I think, if everyone is not owned by the W. Either everyone it's is or everyone isn't. It's helpful to my Twitter feed. <laughs> yes. Because it gets very clogged up with very, very, very like detailed discussions about finances sometimes. between. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, these people are in the know and fair play to them for knowing exactly what's happening. But, you know, but it, I, don't, I don't need to know about it. You no, know, and that's why I suppose they would argue why all this shit gets gotten away with because it's too tedious for people to give a shit, really. It's very true. But yes, that will be good. It's, are they either all need to be owned or none of them need to be owned by the union? Having a bit of both was always an extremely, extremely undesirable situation. But it uh, got them through, didn't it? I suppose. It got them through. And I know that like clubs Stop are in them. competition, but at the end of the day, you have to take some sort of a partnership approach for the kind of future of the game, don't you? Indeed. And, uh, you know, we can have, you know, Just Eat splashed literally everywhere. All over. They've done Rodney very well Parade for themselves, now. Just Eat, haven't they? They're genuinely because the bloke who owns the buttress, who owns David the David Buttress, yeah, yeah, was is the guy who founded Just Eat, isn't he? He's pretty good on Twitter, to be fair. He's he he's all right. Yeah, he? he's not a twat, which he could be the way that some people do speak to him. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, his that that's now a global fucking company, Just Eat. Because they've got Just Eat and Takeaway.com. Just Eat is now one of the uh, Champions League's main sponsors. I remember the Dragon's Den episode, weirdly, where not them, but Hungry House. Oh, yes, who they bought. Who were like the original ones of this with yeah. the idea. And they did get invested in by one of them. Can't remember. That that tall tennis twat on the end, I think. Um, <laughs> the one with the comically new teeth. Mm-hmm. Like ivory, buffed off ivory teeth. Um, 
But then they just got completely unheard of because Just Eat came along and obviously did it better, I guess. But they've yeah. got an advert with Snoop in now. I mean, you know you've made it. I don't know you know, you know how much you Snoop wants some money. I'll tell you what's fucking weird, though. You know the Just Eat advert with Snoop? Yes. Um, You know in Australia, like Australia, Just Eat's subsidiary is not, for some reason, isn't called Just Eat, I assume because they bought somebody. Right. But it's called Menulog. Okay. And it's worth genuinely worth Googling because it's the same advert, but instead of somebody say just eat, which works, that scans, it says yeah. somebody says menu, menu log. log. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, could you not have thought Sounds of it? And like obviously, and obviously, but obviously they've got to have the same jingle because Jesus Christ, they, they're not going to get Snoop. Snoop's not going to do two takes <laughs> <Yes>. of that. <laughs> or if he does, he wants paid twice and it's not going to be exactly. a Menu but like that reminds if, me of peripheral He-Man character uh, figure Modulock. Do you remember him? No. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> he was a no. shit one. But towards he the was a rubbish He-Man one. Mo- the, he came out the same time as Moss Man. He was a shit one. Moss Man and Modulock. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> they were really struggling by that point. Look, they've got to have. You know, they had to keep the range going. <laughs> yeah. And Modulock was literally modules that locked together. See what they did there? Anyway. <laughs> Didn't he have two heads? He had as many heads as you really want. You could put yes. arms, you could clip him together a lot. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, anyway, but yes, genuinely. No. Yeah, somebody Menulog Snoop Dogg advert. And it's just, especially if, like most of us listening, you're familiar with the tacos to the chateaus. I wish yeah. I could get tacos to my fucking chateaus through Just Eat. I can just I get, get bloody decent, shit kebab shops. Decent pizza to my fucking chateau through <laughs> Just Eat. But so, you know what? Isn't Snoop Dogg the living embodiment of how the patriarchy is a shit bag? Because, I mean, he literally once took women on leads to an, to a, to an award <laughs> show and made yeah. like a porn film and everything. And now he's like the world's darling and doing takeaway adverts. Imagine if that was a woman. Yeah, you he's basically, you know, he'd I'm have been sorry, sluts- all, you know, feminism he'd, Monday on this, but he'd have been slut shamed all over the place. Wouldn't he wouldn't he? have got a job. Yeah, he wouldn't be getting jobs anymore. Absolute bullshit. Although he is, you know, his flow's good though, isn't it? So you can't yeah, argue with that. You got to give it to him. <laughs> I was playing. What was I playing? Oh yeah, no, go the on. most the most recent Madden game, American football game, has a weird like career mode thing, which is sort of like a weird like thing where you yeah like. It's like a semi-scripted thing, but in with like loads of cutscenes. And randomly, in one of these cutscenes, Snoop Dogg just turns up. And he's well, just like, like a negotiation, like dramatized negotiation, or something. Yeah, like like dramatized like things that you know. So you're like you know you're like supposed to be like this high school kid preparing for like the biggest game of his career, like warming up on the field. And oh, there's Snoop Dogg, and you have a little chat with Snoop Dogg, and then you just carry on. Most needless fucking. How much cameo. you get paid for that? Honestly, you dread to think. It's a good likeness of him, though. I knew it was Snoop Dogg. I mean, I'm anyway. going to sound like the world's oldest man right now, but I was at my friend's house on Saturday, and he's got young kids, and they were playing... They had an Xbox on, and they wanted, mm. they're only young, like seven. They said, they wanted, Uncle Lee, Uncle Lee, have a look at this game. You should have gone to the archive one then. So they put it on. Destiny? Yes, Xbox yeah, familiar with it. Destiny? Yeah. And I'm going to sound like the oldest man in the world now, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's remarkable, the graphics these days. I don't look what, at computer games much. Very impressive you, stuff. Absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Honestly, the new shit is impressive. Oh, I mean, the last time I played anything with any kind of detail was probably Championship Manager 2 in 1996. So I mean, I'm yeah, quite think, a long way behind. Things have come on since there, to be fair. Anyway, uh, yeah, so... Any more news? I haven't got any more, unless you've got some. Oh, uh, TJ Perinara won't be going to Rugby League after all, so that was a giant fucking prick Negotiation tactic? Yeah, shock of shocks, he's going back to New Zealand. Um, Oh, and Ellis Jenkins has injured his knee again, but it's the other knee, so it's not that bad. Rob Howley coaches Canada now. Yeah, he does. Chaos. Isn't it a Kingsley Jones, Rob Howley fucking axis of amazing? Of course, he, Kingsley brings a Skype, Howley brings the chaos. <laughs> what more do you want? 
I think that's news, though. Competent coaching, maybe. They probably want that. No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> Rowley is, of course, a very competent rugby coach. Not so sure about Kingsley, but... Uh... I'm, I'm pretty sure about Kingsley, if I'm honest. <laughs> is that uh, it for the news? I think it probably is, yeah. Okay, then. Well, we're going to do Lions Chat now for our lovely patrons. We'll see everybody else on the other side. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. And we'll do some shit good now, for which we, we welcome should. back our non-patrons. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Some- Magnificent Lions chat. Get yourselves involved. It's been read up. Uh, right then. Let's do some shit good, shall we? What have you got this shit? Um, shit. Uh, Scott Robertson breakdancing. Call me miserable, right? But this was funny in 2017 no, I I will, or 2016 or whenever it was when he did it the first time that they won Super Rugby. But now it's become this thing that people expect him to do when the Crusaders win something. You know, like, it's it's basically rugby's pop and lock equivalent of Bart Simpson when he was the I didn't do it boy. <laughs> you know, it's like, do the dance, do the dance, do the dance. And then he joylessly break dances. And they're like, yay, let's write some stories about this. Seven fucking pages on Rugby Onslaught about Nobody wants to see Glenn Close. Breakdancing, do they? No, is all it's made, think of. He just looks, but he just looks inc- like when he, the pictures of him doing it this weekend, he just looked unbelievably joyless with it. There was no real enjoyment of the breakdancing. He's just no. doing it because it's expected of him now. Do you know, there was an episode, there was, there was like a, I think it was the Brits one year or something, and Ricky Gervais wheeled out at one point and like basically, and they were all asking him to do the, the office dance. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, and he did that, and I've never seen anybody dread and hate doing something. And it's only when you see him do it again, you're like, "That's not funny." Now, no, it was literally when I saw you do it in the show. In I thought I was going to like have to like scoop yeah. myself up off the floor. I laughed so much, but yeah. in, that was in the context of how fucking desperate he yeah. was being. Now it's to- yeah, now it's become a meme, and you're <laughs> yes. it's not funny anymore. And that's exactly how I feel about Scott Robertson breakdancing. And it's also, it's just another reminder that they've just brushed everyone aside again, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> I just think we're sick of it because we've seen it so very many times over the last few years. Imagine Rob Baxter breakdancing. It feels like that, do you know what I mean? Of course, he yeah. wouldn't do a breakdance. He'd do some fucking... He'd do some sort of, yeah. He'd, they'd light a fire and he'd put oh, a ball bonnet even, on. Don't and even go there, yeah. <laughs> he'd, he'd run around it doing woo-woos. Like they do every week. All like around they do the every week. Fucking hey. hellfire. Um, what else have we got here that's shit? Have you got any more? <laughs> I got a response. I got. I complained to BT about that, by the way. Because I was so fucking pissed off with Exeter playing it at antisocial volumes in the Leinster game. Yes. I actually... I was actually, ang- I was actually angry enough to write a letter to BT Sport and say, look, you won't play this. Because you know that it's it's fucking racist. So why are you letting these cunts play it without at least apologising for it on air? And their response was, "We can't do anything about it, but we have raised it with the club, and we will. We don't broadcast it because some people might find it offensive. But bloody, it was a bit. It was sort of a sixty percent decent response. Mm. It's interesting that they've raised it. They say that they've raised it with X. That's interesting." Gives me a bit. Can, it does give me a bit I, of hope, really. I, I can I can tell pressure. what Tony Rose's answer is going to be, but you know, it's it's that's you know, I just I I couldn't tolerate the volume with which they were playing it and the frequency with which they were playing it because <laughs> they kept winning felt, the cons. 
hilarious. Well, that's the thing, in that fucking Exeter game, they in the Leinster game, they were losing, and it still seemed to be fucking relentless. And I remember the first time that they did it, they just played it at normal volume, and it was annoying. But now it seems like they've sort of fucking stuck the extra generator on the bloody stadium PA or fucking something. Tony Rowe was on the, on the Sonos, wasn't he, from his fucking... <laughs> from, from his fucking luxury TP, probably, the twat. Um, anyway. Anyway, enough of this. What else have we got this shit here, then? Andy Bradshaw gets in touch. He says, shit is everything to do with the Lions announcement that didn't involve naming the captain and then the team. No one cares about what you think about a tour 10 years ago. Just name the fucking team so we can lose our shit over who is in or out. Thank you very much. Yes. Indeed. I said that that fucking squad was a disgrace the second it came out. I'd had, that, I'd had, I'd had it saved in drafts for two exactly, weeks. Exactly, it was in week. drafts for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it is, but it is. So. Uh, what else have we got here? Will Gaines says that shit is the stress of being a sale fan. Every week they find new ways to look very comfortable in the game and nearly fuck it up for 20 minutes and scrape over the line. <laughs> Looking better than most years, though, Will. Yeah. Ian Garrett says shit. This is a good point, this. Being Tom, and we've done the same. Being Tom Francis, the starting tight head for Wales, Six Nations champions and Exeter, Premiership, etc., and European champions. But because he's not Hugo's mate, his non-selection doesn't get the airtime hysterics that they've given Sinclair's interview. Well, I, I don't, not so much the second bit, Ian, because I think it, that was, but it, no, sorry, Ian then does say good, Sinclair's interview, honest, truthful, and well said. True. Um, but yeah, I do think there's not much being spoken about Thomas. I think he fails the eye test so spectacularly, Thomas Francis, that people forget absolutely that he's good, don't does they? Not, yeah, absolutely does not look like a professional rugby player, but he played really, really fucking well in the Six Nations, and yeah, it's quite harsh, I think. Yeah. Jamie Phillips gets in touch. Hello, Jamie. He says, shit is the Dragons constantly shit in the bed against Cardiff Blues. No team should lose 11 in a row to Cardiff Blues. No team should do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Especially not when they should have had a fucking player sent off for the whole rest of the game, Jamie. Quite, indeed. Ross Mather says, shit is Mike Brown's utter cunts trick dancing on Tommy Taylor's head. Yes, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tommy Taylor's hair is annoying. I accept yeah, that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's not the agree. way to deal with it, Michael. No. You agreed. should write a strongly worded letter to BT like Josh does. <laughs> uh, Anna Seligman gets in touch. She says, shit, is Ellis Jenkins? Yes, I'm genuinely heartbroken for him. Although it's not his bad knee. Yeah, it's his good knee. Well, it's not good anymore. No, but it's, the, it's not the one that got marmalised two years ago, is it? Indeed. It's a different one. And Dice saying there's nothing to worry about. And if Dai says that, then it's gospel. Exactly. If Dai says it, I fucking believe it. And Anna says, but good though is I'm still going. I'm still going to bang about, bang on about MLR. So much fun. Players don't give a fuck about the respect the ref bollocks either, and actually challenge all these decisions. Wonderful stuff. Yes. It's all free, yeah. of course. Indeed. On the I, that is one part that I have enjoyed. I haven't watched a lot of MLR, but it's nice that you can just go. Oh. Like. Yeah, it works, you know. Rich Harley says, shit is Stuart Hooper. Has anyone ever been more the anointed one while being so painfully shit at his job? <laughs> um, a lot of people are leaving Bath as well. Which all is... Rupert Murdoch's kids, they seem to be like been sacked despite being anointed, don't they? To run the... Uh, That's Fox true, thing. actually, yeah. Lots of people are leaving, you're right, yeah. It's why, is he clearing out or they're going, I'm not fucking standing around here no more. I don't know. There's a lot of players that have left Bath. Everyone's joined Worcester, which is funny. Have you seen that? Worcester Tyke Furlong like hasn't, though, has he? After that, no. r- that rumour's been shot, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, oh, yeah, that was one of the news things we didn't cover, was that he's re-upped with the IRFU, but only for a year, which to me says, <laughs> you better have some more money by this time next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm taking this now. There's a down payment on what's coming next year. Next year, we will be having a different conversation. Retainer. Yeah. Um, Martin Charlesworth gets in touch. He says, he says the realisation that the British and Irish Lions are not playing the Emirates Lions, meaning we won't get the joy of that commentary clusterfuck. <laughs> that is a real shame, actually. Remember the last time Lions they were in... Lions on Lions. They were in the... Uh, they did do this last time, though. They played the Golden Lions in 2009. Do you remember that? Yes, I do, yeah. Golden Lions. Which was horrible because they were both playing in 
the Lions were playing in red and the Golden Lions were playing in red and white, <laughs> which is an absolute fucking nightmare. They were shite, the Golden Lions. They got fucking battered. I remember that much. Hunter Sewell, our friend in Alabama, gets in touch. He says, shit is Sam Simmons going on tour, but not CJ Stander or James Ryan. They'd have more utility mm. against the Bok Pack. Yeah, we talked about that, Hunter, yeah. He said, but good is I'm getting my second COVID shot just in time for me to watch the 2000 Lions tour with my South African father when this one is inevitably cancelled. Now, come on, Hunter. This is not what we're, this is not the way we're doing. I don't care I'm if trying, it's correct. I'm trying not to, yeah. I'm trying not to engage with that elephant in the room. But yeah. Should we move on to good? What have you got this yes. good? Yes. Oh, what have I got this good, frankly? Um... I haven't got a lot, to be honest. Um, I, my only good is that Gatlin's Lions squad has managed to piss off everyone, which is I do like that, yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy, Everybody I, that's in the know has been exactly. proven to be not in the know at all. Exactly. 30% of these names. It's, but it's really, you know, what the Lions is all about is bringing people together. And this has brought everyone together in being annoyed about it for one reason or another. You are all equally more stupid than me, you cunts, said, said, said Warren Gallen. Um, While running his hand through his unbelievably brush-like hair. Because he put his hand through his hair. Um, Phil Jones says, good, the Ospreys have announced a kit deal with Umbro. It's true, yeah. I was expecting Macron, says Phil. Honestly, delighted. <laughs> Fucking delighted. He said... He said the AWJ hologram was bad enough, but Stephen Jones pronouncing it as a hologram on his podcast was even worse. I mean, my biggest question there is why the living fuck are you listening yeah, to Stephen Jones? Some people consume podcast. lots of rugby content, don't they, from all over the place. I respect that in a way. Don't box yourself in. I love an echo chamber. I'm happy to live in them because not listening to my own views makes me upset. So why would I do that? Exactly. Quite. Charlie Brennan says, good is that Sinclair interview and channeling his energy into that performance. And I mean, I'm a Bath fan, which is shit. <laughs> yes, but yeah, he, every single backwards scrum was him fucking making a point that he was amped the fuck up. I like and the yeah. fact that he let it out as well. It's that whole thing, isn't it? Nobody ever stops you from laughing, do they? Nobody says, don't laugh. You, yeah. know, so you should be able to cry. I, I'm bound to this. I cry at fucking everything, but you should be able to cry uh, if you want to, and and actually quite a lot. He, he mentioned his mentor again, didn't he? He's been working he's, with his mentor. But I do like the fact that actually... He mentions that guy a lot, but yeah, he must I mean, be... Uh, he spouts a lot of shit, but I do like the fact that he goes, actually, I've got this guy I go to now, and I don't go into a spiral of hating everyone or myself, and or I don't go out and get shit-faced and smash a table or whatever. I actually try and understand it and see what I can do about it, really. And exactly. I think that's a pretty decent thing for a... A young bloke quite, who people look up to to be and crying yeah. a bit is a is a good thing, you know. And somebody and somebody that comes from you know the background that he comes from, which you know quite often, as soon as he loses his cool in that way, all of the worst kind of dickheads are quick to re- remind everybody of where he came from hmm. and his background, whether it be you know socially or racially. You know, it's important. <laughs> you know, for him to be somebody that can go, yeah, you know, I'm just going to deal with it in a reasonable and mature way, as shit as it is that he has to. Mm. Like, you know, it shows that he takes his responsibilities for being this person that, you know, is representative of something that rugby doesn't see nearly enough of very seriously, and it's to his absolute credit. Johnny McGinty gets in touch. He says, God is eight fucking lions. He's a Scottish person, is Johnny. He says, also good, putting a tenner on Chris Harris to make the squad when he was eight to one and treating myself nice. to a pizza with the money. Good man. How fucking big was that pizza? Jesus Christ. Nine to quid for a pizza, Johnny. Bloody hell, fire. What's on it? What's Pepperoni and unicorn. Um, Grant Taylor gets in touch. He says, good, is the Newcastle Falcons reminding how it feels to win a game of rugby and for dropping an absolute champagne performance on us when it clearly, when it clearly appeared beyond us. I do like to see Newcastle do well. I'm never, I'm not a big one of those like rugby. It's important for rugby in the north and everything. But it is. But it is as well. Yes. Yeah. It's like something north of the M62 must exist in rugby union. In I also England. like the fact that loads will have to travel for fucking miles and probably hate it. 
yeah. you know, they'd all rather not be going to Newcastle, wouldn't they? Yeah, Newcastle away is, and you know, if you're Exeter, that's the Beautiful. worst fucking trip, isn't it? Imagine if you Newcastle, get... every trip is a nightmare. Exactly. That's your nearest game, Sale, and that's fucking miles away. <laughs> and this isn't the fucking glory days of the 1990s where they're fucking paying for you to go on a plane, pal. You're on a bus. <laughs> or maybe a train if you're lucky. Neil Webber says, good is Briz calming down, playing sensibly and letting the quality tell after the first 20 minutes. Yes. Mary Wilson says, Mary Williams, sorry. Not Mary Wilson, the singer from the Supremes. Um, <laughs> Mary Williams says, good, Glasgow versus Edinburgh. What a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rianne Lowe, Lowe, sorry, South African, yeah, says, good, the shot's starting to fly in the media pre-line, so it's not taking them very long. It's not taking long at all, it? is it? It really hasn't. But, you know, that's part of the silliness of Lions season, isn't it? Finally, Travelling Rugby says, good is my 17-year-old refereeing his first senior-level game at the weekend. Fair good play. Good for him. Not many people want to do that. However, he does say, shit is the shocking insults and critical tweets thrown his way Christ. by the home team's coaching and playing staff. For fuck's sake. sake. A fucking 17-year-old. people? Of all the Jesus. people you shouldn't slag off, it's amateur refs, let me fucking yeah. tell you. Because, because literally, you know there would be no game. Yeah, you are fucked. Yeah. This yeah. referee's behaving like he's the most important person on the pitch. That's because he fucking yeah. is, mate. If he's not here, <laughs> none of you get to have any fun. Yeah, it doesn't or matter. Shit, how sh- it doesn't matter how short you fucking are. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't matter if you've got a hundred fucking players. If nobody's going to be the referee, you are in trouble. Unless people like this fucking solid seventeen-year-old lad is going to come through and fancy having a do at it. So best yeah. of luck to him, and best of luck to you. Thank you, everybody. Welcome back, Josh. We did miss you last week. Robbie was lovely, but we did miss you. I missed you because I kept calling him Josh. So, <laughs> Well, it's good to be back. And uh, we'll speak to you all again next week when... what's Is it Europeans final this week? I've, I've got fucking no fucking idea. I don't know. I've of totally course lost track of it all. I'm going to edit that out. That was such a stupid thing to say. Not really. <laughs> speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Bye. If you have a TV, you must have a TV license. It's the law. Inspectors are calling to unlicensed homes and businesses. If you don't, that can mean prosecution and a fine of up to €1,000. Get yours at tvlicense.ie or any post office. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. Sports Social Podcast Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.